0: This is the Leadership Lowdown. You found us right here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm so grateful you tuned in because we always get an opportunity to talk about some very fabulous programs, organizations, and people in the greater Lansing area as well as around the state. And this particular individual that we're meeting today is from the greater Lansing area, and her name is Tammy Hanna. She's the president and CEO of Origami Rehabilitation. Tammy, welcome to our show.
1: Thanks for having me, Vic.
0: Well, you come highly recommended from one Brent Taylor, who is the head of the Habitat for Humanity in the Greater Area. So he said all kinds of nice things about you. Are you on today to dispel those nice things?
1: (laughs) Here to share the words that he shared about me, I'm going to reverse it right back
0: to him. I feel the same about him. (laughs) So a mutual appreciation. That's always good. We love it when we find friends and we're glad you're a friend of this show. And we're glad you have a chance to unpack some of the journey, and travels you've had in your leadership lifetime. So, Tammy, tell us real quickly, It's kind of an overview, and we're going to get into it later, but what is Origami Rehabilitation?
1: Sure. So, Origami is a nonprofit. We have a mission of creating opportunities and transforming lives. We have the honor of working with children and adults that have neurological, developmental, mental health and orthopedic conditions. So for over 25 years now, we have been serving the Greater Lansing community. We have main campus in Mason on 35 acres where we provide both residential and outpatient care. And then we also have an outpatient clinic on the west side of Lansing on Marketplace Boulevard, right down the road from Horrocks. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we pride ourselves so much in the care that we can provide in a very warm and compassionate space. And we serve individuals from all spectrums, short-term and long-term outpatient and residential care needs.
0: Well, that's really is pretty amazing. And for you to say we like creating opportunities and transforming lives. Boy, what a tagline that is for any organization. And so I can't wait to unpack that in our time together today. But tell me, did you grow up in the greater Lansing area? Where's home?
1: Well, I grew up in a small town northeast of Lansing called Chesson a. Uh I get super excited when people have heard of Chesney.
0: Showboat City, let me tell you.
1: Showboat (laughs) City, exactly. That's oftentimes how people know of Chesney. So, I grew up there. All of my family is still there. I'm the youngest of four kids, and, you know, I have an older sister and two older brothers, and I lived there all of my life until about 2006. I decided to give up an hour commute to work every day and move here to Lansing.
0: <laughs> an hour commute gets old, especially on 4 and $5 gas nowadays, but, you know, I love Chesning. I've had a lot of fond memories up there, had uh, friends of the Mahoney's up in that, the neck of the woods, and then also <laughs> I remember being from Chelsea, Michigan. So many people got Chelsea and Chesney confused. I had to untangle that from time to time as well. But And of course, the Ebenos that own the beautiful Heritage House and the Bonnie Mill, just some great memories up there in Chesney yes. and some super people.
1: Well, it's a small town, so there's a lot of relation, but Ebenhoes are direct relation, and so very oh. proud to have roots with that family. Well, for, done a lot for, the
0: town. for those of us from small towns, we always know the rule. Don't ever speak negatively about anybody because they might be related to the person you're talking to, and <laughs> you just proved true. that theory right out. Well, hey, I'm, we're glad that you made that decision to come down this way, When you think about rehabilitation, it strikes me as a little bit of a narrow focus. So was your education in that background or were there life experiences that brought you into this type of a leadership role?
1: Well, sure. You know, I appreciate that question. My passion originates from having a brother with cerebral palsy. I grew up attending Jeff's Various therapy sessions, and we went to his therapies. The therapist came into the home. I witnessed his challenges. I understand the impact on the family, and I grew up as that being just a normal part of my upbringing, and not really understanding until much later in my life of that this isn't necessarily what every family experiences. But for me, watching Jack, I loved watching what his occupational therapist always helped him to do because it's the things that helped Jeff be as self-sufficient and independent and happy as possible. And so that was my inspiration. I went to Saginaw Valley State University and earned my Bachelor of Science degree in occupational therapy in the year 2000.
0: Go Cardinals, Um, right?
1: Yes, go Cardinals. (laughs) And that really, it was my final field work where I needed to be assigned to a placement, and it was a lottery-type drawing and reached into a hat and (laughs) pulled out this place called, at the time, our original name, Origami Brain Injury Rehabilitation Center.
0: This is a draw of a hat? Are you serious (laughs) right now?
1: I am serious. I am serious, and I thought at that time, well, it'll only be 12 weeks, you know, 12 weeks, this is going to be hard. You know, you get a chapter about traumatic brain injury in school. And mm, so yeah. nothing more anxiety-provoking than being assigned to a center that only works with brain injuries at that time. So that's how I ended up at Origami, made that commute. Two weeks into my internship there, it was a 12-week internship. I was offered to stay on post-graduation oh, wow. as their first full-time Therapist, not just even Oxby Yeah, their first full-time therapist.
0: So they spotted talent right away, didn't they? <laughs> you know, we're glad that you take the time to share this story with us because we're so excited to have you with us today, Tammy, right here on the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. We'll be right back after these messages.
1: Frequent watering of your house plants may be recommended. Now, can we get a new roof? Not so much the rest of the house. Want the best rates for a home equity line of credit? Ask for LaughQ. Stop in today or go to slash home equity. LaughQ, your credit union for life.
0: This is the Leadership Lowdown right here on the Michigan Business Network. So glad you tuned in and so glad we found Tammy Hanna, President and CEO of Origami Rehabilitation. And Tammy was just sharing with us some of her origins of how she got connected to this great organization. And you know, Tammy, what I think is so interesting is you witnessed some therapist coming into your home, transforming the life of your brother And now you're working in a clinic and an organization that does just that. That is so cool. So they picked you out of maybe an internship. And next thing you know, you're offered a full-time position all the way from Chesning and moving down here. Did you move into town or did you continue to commute from up home?
1: I did, so I was hired July of 2020, so just celebrated my 22 years there, and I commuted for my first six years, not knowing, <laughs> just thinking, you know, I loved what I was doing, but didn't know if that was where I was going to stay, and so didn't want to leave my hometown of Chesney, which is, like I said earlier, all of my family still lives there. Yeah, so,
0: yeah now I am I that. doing bad math, Tammy? You said July of 2020. Did you get hired in July of 2020? Yes. Okay, but you spent.
1: Excuse me. There we go. I 2000. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I, 2000.
0: I'm thinking, what a meteoric rise to the leadership <laughs> position. <laughs> because, and even the years, it was like we're doing this in dog years, you know? So, okay. So, the year 2000 is what you're saying. Yes,
1: yeah. I get my times mixed up all the time. I don't know what the date is today. You know, day,
0: busy but. people are like that. I get it. So <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> So you got hired in and spent the first six years in the therapist position?
1: So when I got hired in of 2000, yes, I was carrying a full caseload and I was the only therapist on staff. There was contractual therapists that would come over from Michigan State University. They'd see clients and then they would leave. But I was the one that was there 40 hours a week, really helping to build up the therapy and rehab program because origami at that point was only three years old. And so I was learning very quickly, and I'm a process person, so I was working very hard at creating processes that just didn't exist yet and hadn't really come across yet at the organization until, you know, once it happened, it was like, oh, for next time, we should create a process and a for this. <laughs> so I continued to treat and carry a caseload until the year 2009. However, I moved into a management position as early as 2003. And so I was kind of doing both client care. I wasn't ready to give up client care because that's what I went to school for. And And you love needing that hands on experience of helping one person at a time. But uh, I quickly fell in love with management as well, starting in 2003.
0: Tell me, you fell in love with management because let me just give you a whole movie real quick. A lot of people I know that move into management positions, they're there because they're really, really good at, with their previous job. And so then corporate leadership says, well, let's make them a manager. And they get into management and all of a sudden they realize that management includes trying to get their work done through developing in the work that's done by others. And so, I think it's interesting that you fell in love with management. Tell me what it is that either surprised you or made you feel that way.
1: Well, great points. And I will say that back in 2003, I didn't love management. Uh I'm speaking now from (laughs) my (laughs)
0: experience. Fair enough.
1: I never wanted to be in any sort of position that I was the go-to. I didn't want a title of any sort that would distinctly pull me out of the rest of the crowd fairly introverted individual particularly less assertive at that point in my career and so a little more uncomfortable in my own skin so in 2003 when I was promoted it was more or less just like I had seen this vision and as I said I'm a process person and in order to really do the best for my clients I knew I needed to wrangle in the rest of the team and get on the same page so that we could be consistent we'd have structure we'd have greater outcomes because we were united. And so that was really what I just naturally did. And then that was highlighted and I was promoted.
0: Tammy, let me just stop you there. That's extraordinary that you had those instincts. And honestly, was it just something you felt in your heart? Or as you look back going, no, it was kind of what I was taught by my mom or my dad, or this is what I learned along the way. Where did that come from? Because that's brilliant thinking as a leader.
1: Well, I appreciate that. I think, you know, certainly my parents see it in my parents, even in conversation now. It's like, oh, this is where I get it from. <laughs> Seeing it in my daughters now, too, which is kind of exciting and yet strange. But, you know, growing up in high school, for instance, you know, I just naturally. Did things that kind of stood out. I was head drum major for a couple of years, which was very uncomfortable for me, but I loved being able to, you know, lead a team to success. They were just different. I'm very, very organized. Mm -hmm. I love to be able to corral a team and cheerlead and help people feel good about what they're doing. And so I think I naturally was a leader, but I didn't necessarily know that that's what I was doing if that makes sense. And so it was something that came to light through work and I was recognized through promotions. But even with each of those promotions I had a lot of self doubt, a lot of wondering, you know, is this really what I wanna do? Yeah. But over time I have learned and I love the fact that I can impact people's lives. I can impact not only the clients that we have the honor of serving, but the employees, the people who make it happen and are able to touch each of the clients that come to us for their care. I feel like I have a greater impact in being able to help people love what they do It's not just a job, it's hard work. It's, you know, packed full of challenges and rewards every single day and what they do.
0: Well, Tammy, Um, I have to tell you, that's what's so exciting. What you're sharing right there is really the vision of leadership. And it's one of the reasons why we're so grateful to have you on this edition of the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Vercherot. We'll be right back. This is the leadership loadout right here on the Michigan Business Network. And right here, I found Tammy. Hannah, she's the president and CEO of Origami Rehab, and I'm so grateful Tammy's sharing some of her story because she's been highly referred by a friend of the show by the name of Brent Taylor. And of course, in this process, I want you to know that, uh, Tammy, you mentioned some things where you started out as a therapist, you move into this management role, and as you look back, you kind of fell in love with that management role. Tell me, in your journey from therapist to truly president and CEO of the organization, Were there some learning moments along the way? Were there some people that made a difference? What's some of the growth that occurred that made you feel confident in taking over a leadership role of such an important organization?
1: Sure. Great question. So much comes to my mind. You know, first and foremost, it's constantly, it's a learning journey. You know, leadership is a journey. And when I became responsible for others outside of just being responsible for myself, I knew that I needed to really stretch my limits. be curious really study leadership and i really do love the topic of leadership i love watching and learning from other leaders and i'm always just so amazed that you know there is no cookie cutter absolutely no cookie cutter you could take two amazing leaders and hear their stories and they could be incredibly different from one another and so Staying curious for me, a lot of times it's reflecting on kind of what just happened and what could I do a little bit differently next time or what did I do well and what do I want to make sure I don't lose sight of. There was a point though in my leadership journey where I was having a lot of success. The team was growing, we were serving more individuals than ever before. And my inner self talk became more negative, Mm -hmm. less confident. I just thought, you know, I'm homegrown. I didn't go to school. A lot of my mentors had business degrees and this is what they went to school for. For me, I thought I'm homegrown and not that there's anything wrong with that. I think there's something special in that, but my confidence really lacked. And so I pursued the MSU Executive MBA program oh. in year 2018 and it was a big <laughs> endeavor It was something that I had wanted to do sooner, but just kept putting off because, you know, there's never a great, perfect time. But at that point, I thought, you know, if I'm going to continue to be Origami's president and CEO, I am responsible for ensuring that I have the tools, the best practices. And so I I ventured off to MSU for their executive MBA program and have no regrets, but I learned so much through that process.
0: Yeah, I would bet. And when you think about it, and again, I'm sure it's been a few years since you were there. But when you look back at that, were there some elements that were, oh, these things are exactly what I took the most out of that and I'm using today? Because that's one of the challenges I think a lot of people do. They get education, but then applying the education, finding useful gems within it is sometimes difficult. So tell me, were there some things where you go, oh, this was critical in some of my development?
1: Yeah, I think There's so much, but the most critical thing that I took away from that program is that there are a million different ways of approaching the same thing. And you can still get the same end result, meaning that there's not a right way or a wrong way always, right? Or oftentimes there's a blended way. And so it was a confidence boost that for me, it was. Going from one course to the next through that program and hearing what some would interpret as contradictions between professors. But really, it was just a different approach to getting to the same thing. So similarly to good leaders, there's no recipe, right? And so when it comes to business practices, there are certain things where it's like, yes, you got to follow A, B, and C. But for the most part, what it did was it boosted my confidence in thinking, you know, just because I did it this way and somebody else did it that way, it doesn't mean that that other way was the right way. Mm-hmm. It's really the outcome and what we learned along the journey and the end result. So it was a great experience. And the other big thing was it gave me a lot of networks and connections that I continue to be able to reach out to today of, you know, asking business type questions to whether it's professors or colleagues
0: that I graduated with. Yeah, I think that's what's interesting. And I think a lot of people walk past that. And again, you know, I'm old school, I don't know exactly how younger leaders are making it in the Zoom. But you know, I suspect just like you said, there's millions of ways to do certain things to create great outcomes. And I suspect that the networking of all of this I look at the interpersonal opportunities, whether it's going to the chamber meetings and doing the networking there, whether it's being a part of a rotary club, whatever it is. But the whole notion of doing all of this is kind of an interesting concept to me to find ways that you can network and build that opportunity and not walk past some of those wonderful relationships that we have along the way. So, frankly, wonderful relationship is kind of what I'm feeling right now, Tammy, having you on the Leadership Lowdown. (laughs) So glad you you could join us today. So glad you tuned in to the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Versero. We're going to go pay some bills and come right back.
1: Even if you just get an hour, imagine a stress-relieving treatment, hand and arm massage, and a free makeup touch-up. Does this happen every time you have your hair done? It does at Douglas J. Salon. Get the entire experience exclusively using Avita products guests have experienced the Douglas J difference for 45 years. Douglas J with two locations inside the Marriott Hotel and in Okemos. Make your reservation at either professional salon by calling 877-334-8657 or visit DouglasJ.com today.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network, and thanks for finding the Leadership Lowdown. We're so glad that we found Tammy Hanna. She's the president and CEO of Origami Rehabilitation. And Tammy, in our last segment, we talked a little bit about your experience at the MSU Executive MBA program and thinking about some of those elements. I wonder if in there you haven't met some real gems, some people that you would say, you know what, probably an important mentor to me that I want to call out. Anybody that comes to mind?
1: There are so many that come to mind, but I would start actually with the person that helped me get the courage to actually apply for the program. Uh. <laughs> and that's my husband. Eric has been my rock, my life coach. You know, Eric and I met in 2002 at Origami. Oh. And for 10 years, we were co-executive directors at Origami. Wow. And most people would say, how in the world did you do that? And we got married in 2008. So, I mean, you kind of do the math and realize that there was some, you know, time where we were leading together, not married. There was time where we were married.
0: (laughs) It sounds complicated, frankly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was a perfect complication. Yeah. Just the fact that I have so much respect for the way he thinks. He and I are fairly different, but it's such a cool balance, and we get to see that now in our parenting journey, too, is, you know, leadership and parenting, I think, are very similar Mm. to one another, where you're looking outside to yourself and caring for those around you. But anyway, he was the one that was by my side and said, you need to do this. And whatever family sacrifices we need to do, we'll do it together. And so that opened the door to being okay for me to be a full-time Working mom of two children. And at that time, I think they were like six and eight years old. So Eric's my life coach. (laughs) And also, I want to just say, too, out of all the mentors, there's so many in that program. But before the program, throughout the program, and after the program, not everybody would necessarily call their colleagues, in other words, other people would call them direct report mentors, but to me, they are. And so I have five individuals who I work very closely with, and I learn so much from them, and they teach me so many things, and they help drive success and help us advance our mission every single day. And I wouldn't want to do my job without them. And so, you know, special call out to five colleagues specifically who I work with every day, Amanda, Jen, Tori, Shannon, Tom, they're also my mentors. I I admire the magic that they create with their skill sets and their passion and their compassion for
0: what we do at origami well tammy i think what you just did there was something extraordinary and i think in my opinion some of the greatest leaders do is that they don't always have to look very far kind of the old story of the field of diamonds right where you remember that story, do you? Is that too old I for the? Yeah, very good. So those that don't know the reference, Acres of Diamonds, I think is what it was. Is the guy in Africa that owned a farm, and he ended up selling his farm to go out in search of diamonds throughout the African area, and lo and behold, the farm that he sold was one of the richest diamond mines ever found in Africa. And the idea is that so many times we always look down the road, look so far to find those hidden gems, and then sometimes they're right under our feet. And in your case, what I love what you did there in leadership is you talked about the people that are right there walking with you in your sphere and also under your command, and yet you're still learning from them. That's humility of leadership, and in my opinion, some of the greatest elements of leadership that you can ever imagine. One of the things Tammy, I think that we probably won't have time to go too deep on this segment, but I wanted to make sure that, you know, as a nonprofit, as soon as you say nonprofit, all of a sudden flaps out in terms of, oh man, do we have uh, struggles with finances? Or do we, how do we deal with all that? Most nonprofits I know have a series of volunteers that do tremendous service. And then also there's a challenge to be able to pay our employees enough. So let's start with the volunteers. I know the pandemic's hit you hard. Tell me about your work with volunteers in your organization.
1: Sure. Well, obviously I love working with the nonprofit who invests back into its people and its infrastructure and just I absolutely love that part of what I do. Volunteers, students, you know, interns, they help us tremendously in really rounding out and maximizing the creating opportunities and transforming lives that we work on every single day. So volunteers, like you said, you know, it's been a challenge through the pandemic because we have had to reduce the number of individuals that we could have on site and volunteering through that time, but we're coming out of that for the most part and we've got you know procedures set up to safely do that, but we rely and love our volunteers whether they may come on site once a month, once a week playing music for our residents, our staff, it it helps to create an environment that is exactly what we're always working to maintain and that's a home-like environment whether you're coming for an hour treatment session or origami is your home? Because, again, we do provide that 24-hour residential care in addition to outpatient services. So yeah. we couldn't do what we do without the support of various individuals throughout the community.
0: Well, and I think about the way volunteers are, you know, they give so much. And, you know, look, I don't know if you need drivers, if you need people to help clean, to help just host. But they don't need to have any particular skill set. They might have some natural gifts and they might have some talents they've honed, like playing music. But you can use it all, right? It's not just all uh, of it. yeah, you <laughs> all bet. Of it. Well, I think from
1: gardening, cleaning, yes, driving, all of the things that you can think of. That in an organization like Origami, certainly, I would encourage people to reach out because we are always looking for more volunteers. I love and it. And I say our volunteers go home loving what they've done and the impact that the positive oh. impact they've made on the lives of those there at
0: Origami. We call those non-check paydays. Those are beautiful moments, right? So, (laughs) hey, we're having a beautiful moment with you, Tammy. Thanks so much for being a part of this here on the Leadership Lowdown. And thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. We'll be right back.
1: furniture and
0: supplies at dbi we do office and have been exceeding
1: our customers expectations since 1984 dbi is celebrating its 30th anniversary as a premier office supply and furniture dealer in mid-michigan dbi offers more products and services than any other office supply and furniture dealer in mid-michigan
0: find out what dbi can do for your office at DBIS.com. We found the Leadership Lowdown and we found Tammy Hanna, President and CEO of Origami Rehabilitation right here on the Michigan Business Network. Tammy, in our last segment, we were talking a little bit about what it means to be involved with volunteers, but there's a greater element that comes into this because trying to find good staff, I look at volunteer organizations or nonprofits and I look at them and I think to myself, wow, they're having trouble holding on to staff. And I look at you, you've been there for all those years, and you've talked a little bit about what a special place it is. Tell me in your mind about building culture, because if you've got a multi-million dollar organization, if you've got a small mom and pop shop, no matter what it is, you have culture. It's a matter of, are you building the culture that you want? And is it a culture that's nurturing and rewarding to those people that are involved? Tell me your thoughts on that.
1: Oh, I love this topic for sure, because this is, I think, one of the greatest challenges of a strong team and leaders is really ensuring that the culture that people feel, that employees feel is the kind of culture that you want and that is being nurtured and fostered. So absolutely. You know, at Origami, we talk a lot about our four core values and they really are our North Star for a lot of decisions that we make and just the flow of everyday communication and appreciation recognition that we really strive to ensure is part of our, our culture. And so, you know, those four core values celebrate the individual, inspire excellence, serve with integrity and lead with passion. Those are four. Core values that we refer to constantly, even through our appreciation programs where we're recognizing individuals on a regular basis. Anybody in the company can publicly post to our team who they recognize, and oftentimes we're pulling out those core values.
0: Well, Tammy, this is outstanding, and sorry to cut you off, but I want to make sure we don't just fly by this. So could you take each one of those values and just tell me how you reinforce it, how you live it quickly on each one of those four values. So could you start at the beginning again and let us have those and then what you do to nurture them?
1: Absolutely. So celebrating the individual, that is all about treating people with dignity, respect, privacy, compassion, like all of those things that every human wants, right? And so that is for our employees, it's our volunteers, our interns, and most certainly our clients. It's celebrating the differences that come to the team, right? And recognizing that everybody has abilities and we need to celebrate those outstanding inspire excellence i mean we are all about the advancement of rehabilitation and so we really have to inspire excellence every day and thinking about how do we stay on the cutting edge of what's going on and how we care for people making sure we invest in the education of our caregivers and our therapists to ensure they have the best tools to do a job that creates outstanding outcomes. We foster unique partnerships and collaborations because we can't be all, do all. And so if Borgami can't do it, how do we link with somebody in the Mm. community who's doing it really well and in recognizing the opportunities for improvement? The third value, serve with integrity, do the right thing basically always know your values don't compromise your principles trust your instincts and let that be part of your north star and lastly lead with passion one of my favorites they're all my favorites but <laughs> passion you don't have to have a title to lead with passion titles get in the way i'm a firm believer in that it's all about infusing your genuine enthusiasm into every interaction we work with a lot of individuals at Origami who never, ever plan to come and meet our services. And so it's all about making sure that we are caring for them in every interaction. We're dedicated to their success. We're advocating for their needs. And, you know, we can turn that over into our employees, too, and making sure we're investing and acknowledging all that their needs are, too, by leading with passion. Holy cow.
0: This is so good.
1: I absolutely love it.
0: Well, and I want to jump in and ask this question before we lose time. I just want to double check with you. Tell me, you've got to hire a certain kind of individual. These four values have to be something that you're looking for when you go to your selection process. Agreed?
1: Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. It's actually one of the first things that our human resources team looks into, and they explain our values and like ask, what speaks to you? Tell us why. And then part of their introduction bio to all staff identifies which value and why. And so it's definitely ingrained in – there's so many good people out there wanting oh, yeah. to help other people. Yeah.
0: Well, and what you're talking about what I find – you're exactly right. And then there's others that are not that person. And God bless them too. But That's not my point. But it's my not ish- for
1: everybody. <laughs> it's
0: not. But my issue is that I see it so often in business when I find people with a servant heart. And they've worked a lot of years to get rid of the me and the I words out of the vocabulary. And they talk about we and us. And if you want to trace back and find somebody that's really committed to helping others, you'll find that they're talking about we and us and what the team is doing. And they're more focused yeah. on the team rather than what I, me, me, me. And so when you're interviewing somebody, man, I think that's probably the big red flag when you look at somebody that you're trying to find that's going to be a great teammate. They don't use a lot of eyes and me, me, me. They really sing from a different tune and it's a tune of a servant leadership, servant heart. And uh, man, that's truly the kind of organization that you have out there, Tammy, and it's certainly the kind of leader that you are. And I'm so grateful that you've shared some of your thoughts today here on the Leadership Lowdown. I've got to go take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back after these messages this is the michigan business network This is our final segment. I just tears in my eyes because I don't want it to end. We've got Tammy Hanna, president and CEO of Origami Rehabilitation, and she's right here on the Michigan Business Network. And so, Tammy, when we were talking about all this information, and it's one of those things where there's so much a talented leader like you can offer a show like this, I just want to make sure I don't leave without this one question. What are some of the greatest opportunities or challenges that you really like to do or things that you like to tackle that maybe we haven't had a chance to talk about?
1: Sure. Well, it is one of my favorite things to do born out of being a clinician and now more a president and CEO but converting challenges to opportunities because it's really easy to get stuck in the fact that oh this is really hard, this is such a challenge. But if we look at it through the lens of okay, yes, this is a challenge, but where every challenge is, there's opportunities there too. so I would say there's always my list is long in in terms of opportunities, but I would say right now what I'm facing or our organization is just finding ways to do more with less. I think a lot of organizations are struggling with that same thing, and how do you find those opportunities and what we were finding is there's people with hidden skills
0: and Mm -hmm. talents and passions.
1: And so it's all about the conversations with staff and with the various team members and just finding out, you know, what do you think and getting their input and how do we continue to create opportunities and transform lives despite having so many challenges surrounding, you know, financial challenges with, you know, insurance coverage for people who need our help all the way to just reduced staff and staff vacancies. Yes. So that's a big one right now, Vic. Oh. If you ask me tomorrow, I'll have another.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, and isn't that the way it is with organizations, especially organizations that are doing so much for so many with so little, you know, and so, and that really brings me to one of my final areas of inquiry. I want to make sure I understand Origami is a nonprofit. doesn't mean that we do something miraculously without money. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of miracles that happen in your world that without money. But I'm wondering, how are you funded? Is this through donations, grants, service fees? Tell me about your situation related to that.
1: Sure. Well, I always say, you know, no margin, no mission, right? So yeah. while we're nonprofit, you still need a margin to be able to carry out your mission. For Origami, we do work with a variety of health insurances, you know, workers' comp, some auto no-fault insurance, but more and more because of the uh, reductions and cuts to the funding streams. And even, you know, sometimes it's somebody needs 10 sessions of therapy, but they're only approved for three sessions. You know, how do we help to ensure they still get the care that they need and can get back out doing what they love? And so we have to have corporate sponsorships, we have to fundraise, and we have to search for grants that will help us advance our mission. So that's part of that challenge and part of the opportunity right now is really we have to fundraise more now as a nonprofit than ever before because Funding limitations have become more challenging and restrictive and reduces the access to our care that people need.
0: Sure. And fundraising can be kind of fun, too. It depends on what you're doing. So do you have some fundraising concepts and ideas that have been fruitful for you and fun?
1: We do. I mean, it's just like fostering any relationship, right? And introducing people to our stories. And we have Moments Matter tours campus tours where people are able to just have a real quick 30-minute introduction to what is origami and hear some really inspiring stories. And then we have a variety of events that we can finally return to this year, have been on hold for the last two years. But we have an evening of reflections event that's coming up at the end of August. It's August 24th, I believe, or 25th. It's on our website on the events page at origamirehab.org. But that is an inspiring evening where we have a handful of individuals share their recovery story and people will walk out with all sorts of emotions, but primarily just pride in the fact that these individuals are on the right path to recovery from whatever it might be from a stroke, a traumatic brain injury, whatever. So we are fostering those relationships. And then it all goes to we have a big fundraising breakfast. That's October 5th at, at the Kellogg Center that so we're really excited to be able to have in person this year. Yay. And that <laughs> is an opportunity for people to really be part of our story, be part of our mission, and contribute whatever they can. And sometimes contributions aren't in the form of money. It's in the form of time or spreading the word that origami is
0: here. You bet. Just connect and people. get engaged. So tell me, if people are interested in that event on October 5th, I think you said? Yes. And or anything else in terms of getting a hold of you. How do they reach out to you guys?
1: Sure. Well, our phone number is 517-336-6060. We also have our website at origamirehab.org. And on that website is an events page that highlights our upcoming tours of our campus and any events, including the breakfast event in October. And then they could also email at info at origamirehab.org.
0: Very good. Well, Tammy, I got to tell you, I got a page full of notes here. It's so wonderful to be in touch with such a great leader. I want to thank Brent Taylor for recognizing your leadership skills and getting us connected. But also, I just want to thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. And most importantly, as you talk about the creation of opportunities and transforming lives, that's really meaningful. If everybody in their world had that as their core mission, the world would be a better place. And I think the world is a better place thanks to you. Tammy, thanks for being a part of this.
1: Oh, thank you for letting me share my story today.
0: It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure to have you as our guest listening in on the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Versero. Can't wait to talk to you next time.